Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we will be talking to Sam, who I spoke with during episode 23, in which I helped her focus on how to grow her pediatric dermatology practice. The practice has been running since January and is doing okay, but she has her time divided amongst two other part-time jobs. She's needing assistance with creating an asynchronous telemedicine platform, so her business is more hands-off. She's also wanting to talk about operational and marketing aspects of her business as it continues to grow. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Justin. Absolutely. It's good to talk to you again. So bring us up to speed with kind of where you're at. Yeah. You know, just let us know how, uh, you know, how things are going. Yeah. So I'd say that the business, like you said, is going okay. It could be thriving a little bit more if I had more time. Um, If I could clone myself, then it would be much easier for me to grow the practice. As you said, with the other two part-time jobs, I don't have as much time to work on the business. But as I expected, now that I've been working now with the practice since uh, January, business started growing really organically, I'd say around June. So I noticed that if I open my schedule for an in-person appointment in two weeks, then just kind of naturally I do absolutely no marketing right now. But my placement for Google is really high because I have pediatric dermatology in my practice name, Happy Skin Pediatric Dermatology. So I've been really surprised and thankful that just many people will call a day. And then those who are savvy will just go to the website and schedule themselves by themselves, which is the way that I've set it up. I want it to be very hands-off where they don't necessarily need to talk to me about scheduling an appointment. So that's really been going much smoother without me having all of the anxieties and headaches and worries about how I'm going to market the practice. So I still only open the practice about two days a week in clinic, but keep in mind, I will see a home visit maybe about five a month, and then I'll have some telehealth scheduled either before my other jobs or during lunch, maybe one to three a week. And then there's another type of appointment that I have, the asynchronous visits, which I like the best because patients can schedule 
I send them the electronic form. They send me back photos. And most of the time, people are asking about fairly simple things. And so I could just give them an answer and I could be sitting watching my kids at a class or I could be, you know, doing nothing. And the fact that I could do that and it's the most easy work-life balance for me, that's the part of my practice that I'd really like to build out because I've seen other practices online that have that model. So I was kind of curious about your opinion about that type of a model and things I need to consider taking that journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you basically want to focus more on the asynchronous thing. So you're not having to actually like do a whole lot of face-to-face stuff and talking to them for just basic things that you're just like, you know, I can see a picture and give you a diagnosis and treatment, right? Yes. Yeah. It does build on our last conversation. The last time we talked, I end up spending a lot of time with patients, but I say the same thing over and over. And so if I finally get to build out these classes and then I can automate some things with, you know, you've got a wart pathway, you've got a molluscum pathway, you've got an eczema pathway, and people just fall into those for the most part in my practice, then yeah, I would like to kind of expand on our last conversation with So that. then are you wanting to, are you wanting to eventually like hire out any other like NPs for this or are you wanting to just basically do it yourself? I do. So if I, I feel that I should start just with my own subspecialty, but I'm looking all around me for the environment of specialty referral here in the Phoenix area and probably all over the country. It takes patients three to six months to get into a specialist. And that's probably the case for many other pediatric specialties. So I would like to expand it to where at this point, I do have a network of a lot of really smart NPs that work mostly in subspecialties. And it would be nice to have an ability for them to also start to kind of get into their own groove with a side hustle. Of course, we'd have to figure out and make sure that there's no conflict of interest depending on what job they currently have. But yeah, I would like to pull in my network of people who can just do this freely during the week on their you know, on their own time. Maybe they get to five or 10 patients a week, but that little bit of money coming in, maybe that'll start to give them that taste on the other side where you don't have to be kind of sucked into the large organization mindset. That, that's right. not the only way that yeah. we as NPs can practice. And it's so much better on the other side, especially oh, yeah. now being out of it for several months. I would never go back no. ever. No, once you get a taste of this stuff, you're never going to go back. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, I got a couple of thoughts here. So, you know, I think that, you know, you got to pay your dues here, so to speak. You got to kind of figure out these processes yourself before you start hiring others to begin, you know, doing this for you. So, you know, you're, you're still kind of in that stage where you're still kind of getting all the kinks worked out and whatnot. And then once you get all this stuff worked out, um, that'll be the time where you start hiring other NPs and whatnot. You can just kind of plug them in. You know what I mean? So in terms of the yeah. asynchronous thing goes... Are you doing it now at all? I am. So um, what I do is they make an appointment on Calendly because Cario is my current EHR and their scheduling system was not very helpful at all. And they had no option for asynchronous. So the problem I have now is lack of automation. They make an appointment on Calendly. It comes to my email. I then, when I have time, plug them into my EHR. I send them electronic forms and the link to the patient portal, and they send that back through Cario. And once I have that information, then I give myself, I tell them I'll get back to you within a couple of days. And so I'll review everything. Sometimes I'll do like a Zoom video where I'll show them the photos. I'll explain what it is that they want them to do. Maybe I'll pull up different links online and just do like a video tutorial. Or if it's really simple, I've already created a lot of handouts for 
certain diagnoses and I'll just kind of customize it to the patient and email it to them. I'll create a note and then I'll send it back to them. I'm very surprised at the things that people make appointments for. They're quite simple. No, I know. Um, I know. Okay. So then, you know, a couple of things here then. Uh, First and foremost, you know, like we talked about before, you know, you're going to want to try to develop as much educational material, you know, as much stuff as that as possible, because therefore, you know, once you do the asynchronous review, you know, you can just send them a video, you can just send them a PDF, you can just do that stuff. It can all be there in the EMR, click a few buttons and it gets sent to them, right? That way you're not having to do that. And P's that you hire in the future aren't having to do that. You know, you just build out all those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's going to be a little upfront work. It sounds like you're kind of already doing that anyway. So that's good, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure you do all that. That'll help kind of systemize this as much as possible and, you know, get your hands out of it, so to speak. In terms of the automation for the asynchronous visit goes though, you know, it can be kind of problematic for that. Um, You know, a lot of these EMRs aren't really set up for a real true robust, you know, asynchronous visit kind of a thing. You know, like someone selects, let's say that for a various type of rash on your website for the visit, then there should be a specific intake form that, you know, that that they get taken to basically. So there's really no automation. Okay. That's basically everyone's getting the exact same intake form, right? Mm, right. Uh, no. Well, right now I send them specific forms. Right. You but have yes, to do that. There's is. no way to automate that. Correct. Right. No, not that I have found. Yeah. I don't know of an EMR that could do that for you unless you create different visit types. So like I know, for example, with like yeah. um, like simple practice, for example, you can basically mm-hmm. on the schedule or you can create different kinds of visits and then each one of those visits could, uh-huh. in theory, you know, send them a different kind of intake form. So mm-hmm. you could kind of do that on the back end there, see if that works. Or, you know, what you could do, the best way to do this, in my opinion, would actually be to get like a web designer to get in mm-hmm. and build more or less a custom thing. You yeah. could probably use Intake Q. Intake okay. Q is HIPAA compliant and whatnot. You can really build out some really cool forms and stuff on there. So you could probably create okay. more of an automated process on Intake Q. There might be a little bit of a okay. steep learning curve for you on that, but you should be able to hire someone off Upwork or Fiverr, you know, who's an Intake Q specialist or whatever, to, you know, build this stuff out for you if you want to use Intake Q. Yeah. Or you just hire a web designer who can, you know, build out these custom forms for you. But I mean, it's going to probably be a three to $5,000 investment to really get that stuff built out. So uh, have you gone down the app route? I've noticed there's a pediatric, um, it's not asynchronous, but I noticed that there's a kind of trending on my social right now. There's a company that utilizes an app. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You could do that too. But I mean, developing an app can be really expensive. I mean, there are like app creation, basically app creation apps on how to create your own kind of app. You can build your own kind of app, you know, following a basic template. So you could do something like that if you wanted to, you know, it'd be a little bit more generic. It wouldn't really be custom. Getting an application, you know, a custom app design. I mean, you're looking at $10,000, $20,000 for, you know, a decent one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have never looked at input queue. So I will definitely look at that. Do you use that? Uh, you used it before? I've used it before. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of developed something like that for my medical cannabis clinic. People can kind of schedule online. Okay. I never implemented mm-hmm. it though. I just, I mean, it was built out, but I never really implemented it because I just kind of decided to just kind of take my foot off the gas on that one. I just mm-hmm. felt like it was not necessary for me. But for you, this would be something that you sure. definitely want as you grow this. Yeah. So that would be an option that you could try to try to automate this stuff or, you know, as you get busier, you're going to have to have some sort of virtual assistant helping you out with this, answering phones, 
dealing with patient questions. I mean, you're just going to. There's no way you're going to have this 100% automated, no human right. interaction with it. There's just no way, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could, but, you know, lots of customer complaints and I mean, it will end up backfiring on you, I suspect. So, you know, yeah. you could have a virtual assistant, you know, and you train them, okay, hey, if they put this, they click this for their complaints and this intake form, then they would just manually do it through the, you know, through the EMR on the back end. So you could have them okay. do that too. Are there, do you know any trusted companies that have good virtual assistants? Yeah, there's uh oh hell, what's it called? I think it's like Hello Roach, Roche, R-O-C-H-E. They're like virtual assistants trained for medical offices. Okay. Yeah, that or you could hire one off Upwork. I mean, you could just post an ad for a medical virtual assistant and you'll get all kinds. So, yeah. you, you know, yeah, you go through a company true. or you could just hire one out yourself, you know. But, you know, as you grow this, you're going to need someone on the back end, verifying forms are complete, emailing customers, answering right. the phone call. You're just going to have to. There's no way around it. I know. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like- That'll be a good point, I guess, because you're so busy that you need the help. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. I need the help now. It would be nice. But yeah, I don't really want to share any profits with anything else right now. Sure. I mean, I get that. But just be aware it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what you'll find. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. But what you'll find is that once you hire that help, you're going to start growing faster and faster because now you're focused on okay. more of this income generation work versus this stupid busy work. And so you have the other person yeah. busy work for you. And now you're focusing on mm-hmm. seeing those patients, making the phone calls to schools, developing those relationships. Like now you're working on the business. Yeah. Yeah. So usually yeah, it's a worthwhile was, investment. Yeah. That was my other thought. Like I don't exactly know how to market to the pediatrician offices because it will still be a cash pay. Since January, I've only been credentialed with Blue Cross and they're enough to worry about. I don't really want a lot of other payers to sign me on because it's just been so much work to understand Blue Cross Blue Shield. But yeah, I wanted to do like a $50 asynchronous visit. I just didn't know what the best way to kind of market that to pediatrician offices would be, and you may not have, you know, the perfect answer either. It may just be getting out there and explaining it if people don't understand. Well, I mean, you figure 50 bucks. I mean, that's going to be the price of, you know, most people's copay. So it's really not unreasonable. I don't think so. I mean, like I said, I've been very surprised at the money that people will pay to even just come to a home visit and there's nothing really wrong with their kiddo. But, um, do you know if there's rules with like Medicaid or Medicare where, because if I were a contracted provider with them, which I'm not, I can't charge patients for that. But I've had several patients who have Medicaid and pay for the visit because they can't get an appointment with anybody else for another six months. Okay. Well, first off, Medicare is not your concern because you shouldn't be having any Medicare patients, right? No. Right. Now, Medicaid, on the other hand, some states you can't charge Medicaid patients cash and in some states you can. I don't know about Arizona. I would say in Arizona, you probably are going to be able to do that. Like I know in like Colorado, for example, you can't. But in lots Mm -hmm. of other states, there's no law, you know, for or against it. You, You know, you can do that. I see. Right. And an asynchronous dermatology visit is probably not a covered service anyways, therefore you should be able to charge cash for it. Yeah, it actually is covered, um, at least in Arizona for particular specialties. I know that, but I thought 
And I'll, I'll just have to look into it. I thought I heard that if you are a contracted provider, then you can't charge them. And if I'm not a contracted provider, then I don't know why they would have any authority. If you're not, yeah, if you're not contracted through your, you know, your entity that you're operating out of, then you can do that. No, I'm not. Yeah, they won't. They won't right, sign me on as a single provider. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter who you're contracted through, you know, at your job. It makes no difference. It's based off of the entity. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, so if this if this dermatology okay. practice isn't credentialed, then you know who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the Medicaid thing though is more of a you know global sort of thing, and so if you're credentialed with Medicaid through another employer, then that might be applicable to you through your practice. So you know, first I would just call Medicaid in Arizona and just mm-hmm. ask them. Just just ask them. Well, you know, can I charge cash to Medicaid patients? You know, I work at a cash only practice, but I'm credentialed mm-hmm. with Medicaid through another practice. You know, the practice that I'm working for is mm-hmm. cash pay isn't credentialed through Medicaid, but we see some Medicaid patients come through. Can I charge those people cash because I'm not credentialed? Just just yeah. ask them that. And they'll be like, yes or no, or, or you know, or they're not going to know. And then if asynchronous right. dermatology appointments aren't covered, then there's really nothing to worry about anyways. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll look into that for sure. So yeah, you know, if I thought it was you, I would stick with cash if you can. I mean, it's so much easier. Could you imagine trying to build this stuff all okay. the time and dealing with that headache? Yeah. I've gotten probably... um I think I've billed Blue Cross maybe 20 to 30 because I was just credentialed in June. So it's only been about three months. And I think there's at least like one person didn't put in their information correctly. I didn't check it. They won't even reply with like the correct info for their policy. And so I just have to call that a wash. And that's happened now a few times, which is it's not even worth it to me. But when I have them book, then I make them pay $25 for a booking fee because of these problems. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's not, it's not even worth it half the time. It's just, it's just not. It's really not. I remember <laughs> yeah. my first telehealth that I was reimbursed because my cash pay price is 80 and I build insurance 80. They gave me $35 Ooh. and I like my jaw nearly dropped like to yeah. the floor. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this is not going to be sustainable because I build and documented for like 60 or 75 minutes. And that's what they reimbursed me for. So then after I talked to a biller, they're like, yeah, you need to adjust and have like a set pricing for insurance. You don't want to do this one for one code and then try to upcharge them for the same exact code. But yeah, it looks like your cash prices need to be considered more of a discount and you need to bill insurance, you know, a little bit higher. So now I bill them at least $50 more. And then maybe I'll come close to what I would do for my cash pay price. But yeah, there's been very, very eye-opening because I do understand now, having left the hospital organization, why they do the things that they do that make us burnt out and frustrated and feel like we're, you know, just working for the insurance companies. But yeah, the cash pay, I think, is going to be the type of people that I want to see as well. Right, um, right, Are the right. ones who are going to pay. I mean, it's just so much easier, right? I mean, this is your own business. I mean, you're, you're trying to escape that stuff. So don't integrate the stuff you're trying to escape from into your business. That doesn't make any sense. I know it's hard though. Yeah. You know, 50 bucks though. I mean, I think $50 is reasonable, especially for a quick little asynchronous visit. So, you know, try to do something automated. Just got to be custom programmed, intake queue, or uh, have a VA, you know, it's able to shoot off the intake forms that are appropriate to whatever the complaint is. So you could do that. Yeah, that's Um, a good idea. If it's programmed into a browser, you know, there's actually different widgets you can put into a browser on the back end when they build out this stuff, okay. like through like WordPress, for example, that actually will like uh-huh. utilize the camera on the phone or the laptop and like you can just snap okay. a picture. And so then whenever they okay. submit it, it's just, it's it's an automatic thing. You know, so, so 
technically you don't even really need an app. The stuff can just be done through a browser. Okay. And yeah. then just make sure that things are done in a HIPAA compliant. Exactly. Right, right. Thing. right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. Calendly is not. So yeah, I yeah. can't use them for a lot yeah. of stuff. Right. So I guess, do you have any, any more questions about? No, I don't have questions about that. I'm hoping that down the road, I'll be able to hire other people. And so I've been listening to quite a few of your other episodes. And I just wanted to clarify, once I do get to that point, the NPs that I hire, they should be 1099 employees and um, have them on like more of a production type of a payment structure. Uh, is correct. Ideal? Yes. Okay. So that's the most ideal structure you want to go with. Yeah. Because I mean, it's minimal risk for you, right? As a business owner, right, right. It's, it's it's no risk really. You don't you know you don't you don't pay them unless they're generating money. So that's the only model you want is you know for a business like this little ten ninety nine thing. Right. They make their own schedule. They give you availability, and then patients just schedule or whatever. If you want to do face to face, or if you want just uh, these other NPs just to be doing asynchronous visits and just keep it at that, you know, they would just mm-hmm. basically log in an hour every day and just boom, 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 just knock them out, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know you're charging fifty bucks, you know, it's I mean, it's got to be worthwhile for the NP, and it's I mean, it's got to be worthwhile for you as the business owner, right? And I ask you your opinion on that. How long, on average, just a very, very average thing on average how much time does it take to do just a quick asynchronous thing on molluscum or poison ivy or just something stupid oh like five ten minutes because the handouts already made you just customize to any specific questions they may have but it's pretty generic here's the handout yes i think it's molluscum you know try to add a little bit of customization so they don't think that it's just some canned type of response but yeah like five ten minutes Okay. So if it's going to take five to 10 minutes, you know, of their time, you know, you figure, you know, I like to pay my NPs closer to a hundred dollars an hour. Cause I mean, I feel like that. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I want to pay NPs what they're worth and yeah. pay, them, pay them what they're worth. They do a better job for you. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. you know, if it takes 10 minutes to do one of these, you know, total, I mean, very, very simple thing. We could say 15 because these might be newer NPs. So maybe I'll need to train them a little bit. Right. So I mean, if it could take 15 minutes on average then for, you know, start to completion and note, you know, Mm -hmm. the chart, everything, then, you know, if you paid them $25 per asynchronous visit, that leaves you $25. And so that gets close to that $100 mark. But for a business like this, I don't know how profitable you're going to be at 25 bucks. I know. So yeah, I don't know how profitable that's going to be. I don't even know if that would be even worth your while. I mean, after marketing and after all the expenses on the back end, I mean, you know, you're not you're not really making that much unless you just have the volume to offset it, and you're not going to have that volume for a little while. I can see this getting to that point. Right. I mean, I really can't. Yeah, I can see you being in thirty yeah. states or whatever, and you have a really high volume, and then that way, you know, then it would be worthwhile for you. But you know, even at twenty five dollars. Let's say you have 10 patients a day, that's 250 bucks. You know, while that's nothing to uh, complain about, I mean, you're only looking at what, $7,500 of profit a month or, or just, you know, mm-hmm. of just gross revenue after you pay the NP, 7,500 bucks. You're probably going to have three or $4,000 in expenses. I mean, you're only making a couple thousand dollars. That's not worth it. It's not sure. worth it to you. So I think for something that's like what's this, you're going to about the it. online stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's what's confusing is like there's a lot, there are a lot of companies out there that are doing this asynchronous model and they're charging even less. Like I saw one derm 
practice, it was like $29 for a consultation. It's like, how can you even be making any money on that? I don't understand. And there's another peds practice that they only charge, I think, $18 a month. And it's like unlimited number of children, unlimited amount of visits. It's like, how do you even make money on that? That's what's confusing to me is how do I build this to where I'm not gouging people, but also, you know, making something in the end. But I think because right now it's really only a side hustle for me, that's all just extra money. But to your point, it will be better to have a better profit margin in the end. Luckily right now, I don't really spend a whole lot of money on anything because the practice that I rent a room from is only $75 each time I go. And I only go there twice a month. And then my EHR is only 165 a month. And then the sideline for the telephone is 10 bucks. And then of course, you malpractice and stuff. But right. I mean, pretty, the, the operational know, costs are pretty low here. You, what The costs are going to be marketing this thing to get the volume to where you want it. That's where your money's going to mm-hmm. go. Okay. So why not call it 15 bucks a visit for the NP at $60 an hour, you know, and that's, that's pretty good money for, I mean, it's not really that good money, but for like a brand, like a new grad who has no experience with this, that's not that bad for the experience provider. You know, they can knock these out 10 minutes, right? So now you're getting close right. to that $90 to a hundred dollar an hour kind of mark. So I was yeah. thinking $15. I mean, to tell, you, to tell you the truth, I was only going to take $10 and give them 40. So no, you would you wouldn't make a dollar. It's not worth your time then. You might as well just go volunteer your time somewhere for free. <laughs> That's my problem. Is I, I think most of us would do that for if we didn't if we didn't have to make a living. Well, right, but you got to make um, a living. You got to I mean, you got bills to pay. I know. Got to be worth your while. Like you got to remember here, yeah. you're going to spend a large amount of money here on marketing this thing, okay? For a telemedicine practice to really blow up, you got to spend money on marketing. It's your biggest expense with this kind of business. I mean, it's practically really your only expense. You know, these little operational costs, like the price of a phone and the EMR, I mean, these things are minimal, you know? So the marketing is where you're going to have to spend a lot of your money. And so... 5000 a month minimum if you really want to get this thing going. All right. I hope everyone's enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank everyone listening and also give a big thank you to all of my social media followers and email subscribers. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our email list at www.beatnp.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Email subscribers will receive updates on new weekly podcast episodes, multiple weekly articles we publish, new courses, and everything else related to helping you succeed. Remember, all elite nurse practitioner courses are designed to help you build a niche practice, increase your financial strength, and to break free from the rat race. If I can break free and the other countless nurse practitioners can break free, then so can you. Additionally, please share this podcast with your other nurse practitioners, sisters, and brothers out there. The more NPs that venture out on their own, the stronger our profession will become. Now, let's get back to the episode. I know you do a lot on marketing and I know that you've said, you know, like your highest expense for the first few months should be marketing because you could have a great product. And if nobody knows that you're out there, then it's all for nothing. And I know we talked about this 
have time and marketing is just so hard to spend money on. But what is really the best like bang for your buck? Because my my practice, my CRM or whatever you call it, it already ranks pretty high because the name pediatric dermatology is in there. And then the reviews are all five star. One gave like a four star. So it's like 4.9, but it already ranks pretty high. Um, well, for a local area, it's fine. You know, your Google business listing, like for people who are looking for those services, it's fine because it's easy. That's organic. People, people will just find you. But for, you know, yeah. you're in Arizona for someone up in New Hampshire. Okay. Your Google business listing isn't going to show up because it's, it's regional to your area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Search engine optimization, SEO and stuff is probably really not going to work very well. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to have to do a lot of pay per click kind of advertising for this. So let's say someone in New okay. Hampshire, I'm saying New Hampshire because it's, it's, it's full practice authority and it's, and you know, it's completely across the continent basically. Okay. So, yeah. you know, for someone in New Hampshire to find your practice, it's got to be a Google basically search ad, a pay-per-click kind of ad. You know, let's say a mom in New okay. Hampshire has a kid with molluscum. They go to Google, type in, you know, rash treatment or whatever, and then your mm -hmm. practice will come up number one for a paid search ad. Oh, cool. They okay. click that. Oh, wow. 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 They're in New Hampshire as well. Oh, cool. It's only 50 bucks. Click. They book it. It's done. Right. But and how then clicking that is going to cost. cost. Well, yeah, well, it depends on Google's price per click is going to vary depending on competition and whatnot. But like, you know, that could cost oh. five bucks for them to click that, you know. In oh, ads. really? Yeah. Even if they don't follow through just for clicking it, you get for charged. just clicking it. Correct. You know, it could be 50 oh. cents or it could be five dollars. I mean, it just it just depends. It's based sure. off different metrics. So that's what I'm saying. Like for you to blow this up in multiple states all over the place, you have to pay for advertising. You do. That's investing yeah. in your business. There's no way around it. There's just not because, mm -hmm. you know, one thing about the service that you're wanting to offer is that there's really no comeback. I mean, there might be, mm -hmm. but this is not like a recurrent patient kind of a thing. It's going to be a one-time thing and you might never, ever see that patient ever again, or it might be two years from mm -hmm. now. Okay. It's not a recurring mm -hmm. thing with my men's health practice. I'm getting $160, $180 a month per patient every single month for you. That's yeah. not the case. Right. You see one per patient, you might not see him again for a while, unless you decide to do something mm -hmm. that's a little bit more recurrent, like acne treatment and those kinds of things, which you probably should do at some point, mm -hmm. get more yeah. of that recurrent yeah. income coming yeah. in. But right. this is more of a one time, that's it. So that's what I mean. You're always going to have to be spending money on marketing. There's no way around it. It is going to be the biggest expense in your business. Okay. It's never going to go away. So pay per clicks. There was another company that I saw that they say that they bundle everything together and take 15% of the profits at the end of the year. And they, they say that marketing is included. I don't know what level of marketing it is, but what is your feeling on 15% of your revenue given, you know, you've had successful businesses. I just have my little side hustle I've made about like <laughs> and or $12,000 since January. Like clearly we're not, I'm not making, making a living off of it yet, right, um, right, right, but right. that was never my intention. That, that right. was never the goal. Right. Um, I mean, you're making a little cash. I mean, hell, come on. You know I mean? It's still yeah, you know, it's making money. Right. Okay. So this company's taking 15% of your, you know, of your revenue. Is it net or gross? Do you have any idea? It's probably um, gross. It's probably gross. I hope so. Yeah. I no. assume I didn't ask. Yeah. I've it's probably gross one. because that's something they can actually track. So mm -hmm. they're going to take 15% of your gross income. Okay. That means income before expenses or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to take 15% mm -hmm. of your gross income for marketing your business. That's, that's it. Well, it includes 
credentialing to, for 10 payers. They optimize you on the EHR that they, that they are partnered with. I think it's eClinicalWorks. They do the, all of the billing and whatnot. I don't know how involved with the billing, but my billing is not in, very involved anyways. Um, if, if I'm going to Blue Cross, uh, they do marketing. They said where they meet was like once a week to kind of go over strategy. And then, um, I don't remember what else is in there, uh, but yeah, a colleague of mine just told me about it. They met them at AANP and I called them last week just to kind of get info because it just sounded a little too good to be okay. true or they were going to be. Yeah. Okay. First off, ECW sucks. Really? I, 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 I haven't I, used it. I, you, oh, God. I work at urgent care at ECW. I hated that EMR. Oh. So first and foremost, that EMR sucks. Okay. So, okay. so you're paying them 15% for a shitty EMR. First and foremost, uh -huh. number two, it's insurance. We talk, we don't want to fool with insurance, all the headaches associated with that. So now you're going to have to, basically you're paying these people 15% for headaches. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. I'd rather just mm -hmm. get drunk and have a hangover and have a headache for free or not for free. That would cost, <laughs> you know, 10, $15 if you want to drink cheap. Right. Liquor. You know, yeah. So they're giving you a headache for fifteen percent. You know, marketing. I mean, what's involved here? Is it just are they just managing your ads, or is ad spend included in it? I guarantee you, ad spend is not included in it. I Guar would probably guarantee think it. as well. I think it's more strategy and development. Yeah. And, uh, what? No, this is scam. Nope. Pass. Okay. Your marketing. I know that last time we talked. You were going to have something with marketing coming up. Well, we did for a little bit. It started taking away too much of my time from the stuff that I want to focus on, like podcasts, course development. I kind of had to nix it. It was one of those things I hope it was going to take off and this kind of a thing, but it just ended up being yeah. too, many, too many headaches for me. Yeah. So, you know, that's not to say we're not going to have anything like that in the future, but right now I kind of just had to take my foot off the gas on that one. So, sure. yeah. yeah. So anyways, yeah, you know. Just a, basically a digital e-commerce marketing agency is going to be fine for this. But this is one thing you got to remember, Sam, is that you're spending money on people managing stuff that's very simple that you know you as the business owner could easily do. I mean, Google search ads and throwing some ads on Facebook targeting various states. It's mm -hmm. not that hard. Sure. And it's going to save you thousands I think I just of dollars. Have the hardest time. Just have the hardest time with the voice. And the um, that that I'm trying, you know, just getting my thoughts across clearly and concisely, and it just takes it seems to take so long to create even just like a simple email because I did purchase like a practice manager like group listing for like 250 bucks. You know, I thought that was pretty reasonable, but even just creating an email to send to them, it just takes a while. So well, I was hoping with a marketing company that they may be better with that, but they also need to understand NPs and our business, and then further understand Pete's term. You're paying a non-medical person to write medical ad copy. Yeah. You know. There's not very many people out there. Yeah. And if they are, they're expensive. They're like some retired doctor who charges a ridiculous amount. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it's really not that hard. Did you take our marketing course? I didn't. I took telehealth. Okay. I you might, take the marketing. Yeah. Take the marketing. I mean, it's $277 or whatever. Okay. I mean, this year, you're going to spend yeah. more on that paying, you know, a marketer for two hours of their time. All right. I know they're very expensive. Yeah. Take the marketing course. Okay. It's worth the $277. Take that. It, in the additional resources section at the end of it, I include a little bonus in the course on how to write good ad copy. It's a template. Oh, and okay. All you got to do is just input stuff into it. Okay. 
Oh, okay. And it also talked to you about how to do the Google search ads and how to do social media and how to do all this kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, I uh, really okay. think that, yeah, take that course. I want you, you need to be doing this yourself for a little while. Okay. I think you outsourcing it right yeah. now is not a good use of your money because if you're paying, I agree. yeah, you're paying marketers to do this for you. You know, you're paying management fees and then you have to pay ad spend fees on the actual ads themselves. Right. And you're paying the NP right. $15 a visit. There's just not going to be a whole lot left over for a little while. You're going to be dealing with the stress, the headaches of all, you know, operating this business, scaling it and growing it. And you're not going to be making that much money right. for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I fully forgot. You have so many courses at this point. I forgot about the marketing one. That one and the tax one, I think I want to do both of those will be really helpful. Yeah, that tax course was probably one of my favorite ones to develop. There's so much good information in it. So yeah, no, I think that you need to do a little bit of this marketing yourself. I really do because it's going to save you thousands of dollars a month. Yeah, no, you're totally right. The one I've talked to a couple of marketing companies and both of them were like $900 just to create a couple small Instagram type ads and TikTok and whatnot. And it just wasn't, I was like, I got into the wrong field. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can do that stuff yourself. It's not that hard. You can speak right. directly to the anxious mom whose kid has a rash. You know what I mean? Like you can speak to them. Mm -hmm. like you know, these people, you talk to these people. There's no other better person to talk to the patient, this potential customer than you, because you know them. You know their pain points, you know their anxieties, and you can offer a solution, right? Yeah, no, that right. is true. Yeah, there's no one else better mm -hmm. to do this but you, seriously. Yeah. Like I still yeah. write the majority of my ads and everything for Elite NP because no one else can speak to nurse practitioners like I can. You know what I mean? I still do that myself, right? And so I think that you should do mm -hmm. that as well. You can speak to the patient. So keep that awesome. in mind. Thanks for the confidence boost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any, my only uh, last question okay. is, I know that you sent out a list of kind of your partners and one of them was a lawyer group in the Midwest somewhere. I don't recall. Yeah. In Wyoming. Um, yep. I've, yeah. I've never gone through like with a lawyer to just kind of look over everything and make sure I'm doing everything correctly. Is that group good with any state? They, if I wanted someone to just kind of double check my forms and make sure that the um, systems that I'm using are all HIPAA compliant. No, they're not. They're not. They're not really healthcare law. They're more just like the LLC creation general business. So they're not going to really uh, help okay. you with that. And that's yeah. Listen, you know, I don't think you need to have a lawyer review your forms and whatnot. I mean, you're talking about simple, minimal liability here. Like it's mollusca yeah. for heaven's sake. Come on. <laughs> yes. like, you know, like, I don't think I would worry too much about this. This isn't high acuity. You're not prescribing controlled substances. Like, I mean, no. you know, most of this is a self-resolving kind of a thing. It's self-limited. If you just give it a week or two, I'd go away on its own. You know what I mean? So like, mm, yeah. I don't think, I, 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 yeah, no, I get it. I wouldn't worry too much about it right okay. now. As you grow and whatnot, you start getting busier to justify it. Then, you know, then maybe, yeah, maybe have a lawyer take a look at the forms and whatnot if you want to, but. I don't think okay. it's really that necessary right now. Okay. All right. I don't have anything else for you today. Cool. No, perfect. I mean, it's really exciting to hear, you know, you grow in this and whatnot. So to kind of summarize it up, I think that, you know, get these asynchronous visits down, try to get it as automated as possible. If you're having difficulty automating it, or it's going to cost you too much money to have a developer, you know, program this stuff for you, just hire a virtual assistant because you're going to need one eventually anyways. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and wrap your mind around this whole marketing thing. You're going to have to spend, you're going to have to spend money to make money with this, especially as you get other MPs on board and you're going to be in multiple states and you know, you're gonna have to just accept that fact. You're, you're gonna have to spend money marketing it. There's no question about it. So all right. before I sold my transgender HRT practice, you know, we were spending, mm. oh, geez, I don't even remember at this point, it was like 5,000 a month at least on marketing. And, okay. you know, I had multiple NPs in, you know, over a dozen states and marketing was the biggest expense, but it was worth it. We were getting clients through the door and, and it grew. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I could set okay. that thing up, this right here, I think has more potential. So, okay. Yeah. Thank cool. you. All right. You're welcome. Any other questions? No, I don't. I appreciate right. it. You're welcome. Maybe in six months, we'll do another follow-up and see where you're at. Sounds good. Yes. Who knows where I'll be? Hopefully <laughs> more successful. You yeah. never know with me. That's, That's the fun thing about you business. Will. You never know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, it was All a pleasure right. talking Thank to you again. You. All right. Take care. Yeah. You too. Take care. All right. All right bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Sam. I remember the previous episode was episode 23 where I spoke with her. I think this asynchronous pediatric dermatology practice is a really good idea. It's a really super niche kind of a thing. I think she's going to do really, really well with it. You know, I walk away from this knowing that you're going to have to spend money on marketing. There's just really no way around it. Okay. If you have a small regional practice, then, you know, you don't have to market as much. You have a Google business listing, word of mouth spreads and that sort of a thing. But for a large telemedicine practice where you might be in multiple states, word of mouth might be one of those things that's a little bit slower than what it is, you know, regionally. And you have to spend money to really get the word out, okay? People aren't just driving by and seeing your sign, right? So you have to really put it in front of their face. You have to make your practice very easily found. So just keep that in mind. You got to spend money marketing, especially with a telemedicine practice. I mean, marketing is going to be the number one expense of a telemedicine business. No question about it. And then also be thinking to yourself too, you know, how can you automate as much as you possibly can in your business? You know, for her, she wants to do asynchronous telemedicine visits. And so for her not to have to be sending forms to patients, you know, doing this super busy work, you got to figure out a way to automate it. Sometimes you have to get, you know, a web developer or someone to program something specifically for you, or sometimes you have to hire just a little bit of help to, you know, do the automation for you or to send the links out to someone. So keep that in mind with this as well. I hope everyone enjoyed the follow-up call with Sam. I hope we can talk to her again in about six months and see where she's at. So if everyone enjoyed this conversation, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer. The content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content in this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2022 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.